Succeeding at the big things has a lot to do with the little things. Thoughts matter. Small things, big difference. Good morning once again and welcome to week two of our series, Small Things, Big Difference. For four weeks, we're looking at how things that are small can make a big difference, a big impact in our lives. Seemingly something that, you know, is something that is seemingly so small can have such a huge impact. You know, as I said last week, we like to look for the big things, right? We like for the big things that can happen, the big things that we can do that's going to have a huge effect on our lives. You know, if only this one big thing would happen, then so much would be different. It would change everything. If only I could win the lottery, I could get out of debt, and all my financial problems would be history. But it doesn't work that way. In fact, it's usually the opposite. As we said last week, it's often the small things that, that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. Small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. For example, just to go back to like 10 seconds ago, you're not going to win the lottery, okay? You are not going to win the lottery and get out of debt that way. I can guarantee you that right now. Your chances of winning are something like one in, in 300 million that you're going to win. You are not going to be that person. I can tell you that. Um, um, and if by some one in 300 million chance you did win it, that's not going to solve all your money problems. You'd be, chances are very high you'd be broke again within just a few years. A study was done of, a, uh, of lottery winners in Florida and found that 70% that of them had spent every single dime or lost every single dime within five years. And there's other studies with the, you know, similar numbers, even higher percentages. And on the other hand, if you take small steps and begin to order your finances according to God's principles and discipline yourself to stick to a plan, you can be debt-free in a few years. It's true. Um, I listen a lot to uh, Dave Ramsey's podcast. Uh, I think he's got an excellent plan for getting out of debt and for handling finances. I listen to his podcast a lot. I've, I've gone through the Financial Peace University thing. And, you know, he, you hear him tell story after story as callers that come in time after time again, people who have dug themselves out of deep debt and um, uh, gotten free by doing the plan, doing his baby steps, doing the small things. And he says, on, I, I, I think the average person, they say, uh, that it takes most people who will do his program, uh, I believe is, to get out of debt is like two and a half years. So many people say, you know, I, I, it, it is so much faster than what I had thought. And it wasn't an easy thing, but it was small things that made the difference. You have to discipline yourself to do the small things because that's what makes a big difference. Last week, we talked about the power of one word. And the concept is you ask for, you ask God for, and you receive from him one word that becomes your focus for the next year. 
It's what you focus on. It's, it's uh, uh, what God wants to do in you and through you. And you, know, you, can't, you don't just pick a word. You don't just say, oh, but this sounds like a good word. You know, you may not like the word you get. You may like the word you get. I don't know. But you, you, there, you go through a process of seeking God and asking him until you receive what, you know, one word from him that's going to characterize and that's going to be your focus for the next year. It's like, like a laser, your focus. You know, one little thing like one word can make a difference when it becomes your focus and you become intentional about it. This week, I want to talk about the area of our thoughts. Our thoughts. Our thoughts might seem like a small thing, might seem like a minor thing, yet they determine and they drive our lives. Our thoughts determine and drive our lives. Proverbs 23, 7 in the New King James says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The thoughts that occupy your mind the most are the ones that will determine the course of your life. If you think you can't do something, you probably won't do it. If you think you can do something, chances are good that you will. And I'm not talking about, you know, just this mentally talking yourself into something or, you know, mind over matter kind of. I'm not talking about that, okay? But I'm talking about, you know, making something our focus and focusing on our thoughts. You know, if you think that you're a failure, you are going to experience more failure and less success in your life, if that's your mindset. If you think like a victim, then you will always be a victim, as everything will always be everyone else's fault. But if you think and you expect that God is going to move, and that's what you look for, and that's what you anticipate, then you're going to see him move, and you're going to begin to see him move more and more. If you look at the top of your outline this morning, you'll see a thought audit, just a little tool to help us kind of get oriented to to where we are this morning. I want you to take that out, and um, I want you to think about your thoughts, Um, particularly, you know, maybe this last week or two weeks, you know, just just kind of a period like that. Think about your thoughts. (laughs) On a scale of 1 to 10, would you characterize your thoughts as worried or peaceful? Were you mostly worried about things that are going on in your life, worried about your situation, worried about this and worried about that, or were your thoughts more peaceful? Yeah, stuff's going on in my life, but I've got a peace about it. You know, where along that scale of 1 to 10 would you, would you put yourself? Circle a number. Next, would you say your thoughts would be more on a negative side or a positive side? And again, think about this past week. Think about the things you've said, the statements you've made. Think about the conversations you've had with people because the words that come out of our, out of our mouth really reflect where we are inside. So would you say that you've been you know, more negative or more positive? Or better yet, the people around you Would they say that you have been more on the negative side, looking at the worst, looking at, or positive side? 
circle and number. Now let's look at the third one. Worldly versus eternal. If you're thinking about more about worldly things or eternal. Now, I want to clarify. Worldly, I'm not using that in the sense here that means, you know, necessarily bad. Worldly, I'm using the sense of just things like things which you have to do today. You've got to pick up the kids from school, got to take the car in for an oil change, you know, got a lunch appointment, got a, you know, co- coffee set with somebody, uh, got to go by the grocery store, you know, things having to do with your, you know, just, just, just what you have to do today, things like that, versus the eternal, which is more of how does God want to use me today? Is there somebody he's going to have me encourage? Is there somebody that he wants me to call and just say an encouraging word to or somebody he wants me to meet with and, or, or be praying about or, or whatever? You know, worldly, you know, having to do with, you know, here now or eternal, having to do, you know, with more, you know, God perspective on things. Um, um, wh- wh- what would it be? And then circle where you are on the scale. You know, say, well, boy, this week it's been really busy. Haven't thought about God a whole lot. So I'm down there on the worldly side. Or, uh, you know, I've really been, you know, seeking God and and trying to see things from his perspective and all of that. And, you know, maybe on the eternal side. And I don't mean head in the clouds all the time, you know. I, I mean down to earth, but from God's perspective. See, we may think that, our thoughts are a such a little thing, but much of our life is dictated by our thoughts, and our thoughts have great power over our lives. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 12 too. He said, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think changing the way you think then you will learn to know what God's will for you to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect I would say probably just about everybody here wants to change in some area we don't want to stay the same I don't want to stay where I am I like my life but I still don't want to stay where I am I want to grow and and experience more and do more I want God to transform my life. So how is that going to happen? It only happens when we begin to change the way that we think. You see, we want to focus on changing our circumstances and getting out of these circumstances and situation, but God wants to transform our thoughts. He wants to transform our thinking. And that's huge, because that's the only way that change happens. When I talk to somebody who is stuck in a mindset of, there's no hope, this is just the way things are, I can't do anything about it, I know they won't change until they begin to get a different mindset, until they begin to change. Because you have to be willing to change your thinking. We have to be willing to change our mindset, our thoughts, for God to transform us. If we stay stuck in the same old, same old thinking, 
then life is going to always be the same and we won't change. But if we can change our thinking, there's hope because God changes us by the way we think. So I want to talk this morning just a few minutes on how do we do that. Basically boils down to two things. First, identify and capture destructive thoughts. Capture destructive thoughts. You've got to identify them first, but you identify and capture destructive thoughts. First, or 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3, For though we live in the world, I mean, let's face it, we live in this world, okay? Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Now, this is different than, you know, it's a different way of doing things than the world does. Different way of changing, different way of doing things. The world says, focus on what you're doing, and God's saying, focus on your thinking. We don't, you know, we do not wage war as the, as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, to demolish strongholds. Someone, you know, talked about, uh, 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 said, described strongholds uh, as a house of thoughts, our thought patterns, a house of thoughts, the way that we see things, our mindset that we've constructed in our life. So, but, and, and, but the weapons we fight with have divine power to demolish strongholds. You know, power to, to, uh, it comes when we do things God's way. See, the world's way of change is just buckle down and try harder. The world's way is behavior modification. But, but God's way is inner transformation by changing the way we think. And then Paul tells us how to do that. Verse 5, he says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So we identify it for what it is. It's a lie. We identify it as a lie. We don't entertain it. We don't give it space in our brain. We demolish it. We recognize it for what it is, a destructive, poisonous life. And then, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we take control over our thoughts in our mind and make them obedient to Christ. I was thinking about this and I thought... You know, I want to I, I look into this a little bit more. And one commentary I read said that the every pretension there refers to every human act or attitude, and our attitudes come from our thoughts, every human act or attitude that forms an obstacle to the emancipating knowledge of God contained in the gospel of Christ crucified and therefore keeps man in oppressive bondage to sin. So it's every pretension. It's referring to those attitudes, those thoughts and actions that keep us from the freedom that God has for us through his gospel. And it keeps us bound in our sin, bound in the things that, 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 that entrap us. And he goes on to say, the picture here seems to be that of a military operation in enemy territory that seeks to thwart every single hospital plan of battle so there'll be universal allegiance to Christ. So he's using the picture, the, he says this language here in the picture that's given is, is a military operation in enemy territory. See, a major, uh, a major area where the enemy attacks God's people is in this area of our thoughts. It's in this area of our thinking. 
your mind is a battlefield. Someone wrote a book once, I can't remember who, but the battlefield of the mind. Your mind is a battlefield. And if the enemy can win the battle over your mind, then guess what? He's got you defeated. It's important that we recognize the thoughts in our mind and where they come from. It's important that when the enemy puts thoughts in your mind like, God's not fair, or God doesn't understand what I'm going through, God doesn't care about me, God could never forgive someone like me, or my life will never change, or maybe thoughts of revenge, or thoughts of bitterness, thoughts of lust, thoughts of jealousy, thoughts of defeat and hopelessness. I can't, I won't, I'm not good enough. Everyone and everything is against me. Or thoughts comparing your life or circumstances to somebody else's situation, somebody else's life, somebody else's circumstances. Do you realize where those thoughts come from? We need to recognize that they come from the enemy who is out to destroy us. When those thoughts come and others like that come into your mind, take them captive. Don't let them run around free in your mind. Don't let them run around unconfronted in your mind. Don't let them take up space. Send them packing. Say, look, I know where that thought, I reject that thought. I am not going to think that. I refuse to give that space and send it packing. Instead of letting your thoughts take you captive, you take them captive and demolish the destructive and lying thoughts. Tell your mind, I am going to believe in God. I'm going to let God's thoughts rule my mind. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to believe what he says about me. Not some thought that just comes floating into my mind from who knows where. Well, we know where because the enemy is out to destroy. See, God has a, a, a plan for us. We're a battle with a very real enemy whose sole purpose is to destroy us. We need to recognize that. It's not fun and games. Now, I don't believe in cowering in fear about over the enemy or, oh, no, the devil's doing this, or, you know, yeah, I, don't, I don't buy into that garbage. But we need to recognize when he's working and take authority over it and recognize that he does have a plan. And no matter how, what he gives us and what he tells us, no matter how it may be packaged, and, you know, sometimes it's packaged beautifully, beautifully wrapped gift. You know, you would have thought he would have got it wrapped at our gift wrap outreach. It was so beautiful, you know, whatever. But then you take off what's outside and what's inside. Destruction. Destruction. That's his sole purpose. It destroys you. The enemy does not love you. The enemy does not like you. The enemy does not want to help you. He wants to destroy you, and we need to realize that. The good news is God also has a plan. And God's plan rules. God's plan takes precedence. God's plan is to give you life. 
God's plan is to give you life. God's plan is to give you victory and to take you through the minefield that the enemy has laid out to destroy you with. As I was working on this message this week, I got this picture in my mind of a minefield. You ever watch any war movies? You know, and there's a minefield there, and, and, and you can't tell where the mines are. You know, when someone's trying to, to you know, walk through, that's the picture I got in my mind. And, and it's like the enemy wants to, wants to take us through that minefield so that we step on mines that are going to work destruction in our lives. But God wants to, 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 to direct our every step. He wants to help us navigate safely through the minefield of, of, uh, 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 that we're walking through in life. He's, he's, God's there calling out with every step where to place our foot and, and you know, to avoid the mines. And he, and he tells, you, tells us how to navigate through it, how to navigate the, the, our way through the minefield filled with thoughts which the enemy puts there in, and puts in our mind for one reason, and that is to take us out because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to take us out, out of God's plans, out of God's purposes. He wants to take us out of ministry. He wants to take us out of our family. He wants to take us out of our church family. He wants to take us out of relationships that God has put there in our life to help us and to benefit us. He wants to take us out. He wants to take us out of a place of peace and out of a place of rest that God has for each one of us. He wants to take us out of God's will for our life. So take those thoughts that the enemy is filling your mind with, capture them, demolish them, and then replace them. Fix your thoughts this is the second thing. Fix your thoughts on spiritual things. Now, sometimes we think, oh, spiritual things. Things like up in the clouds. Think, oh, walk around, you know, like this. God bless you, my child. You know. And, and no. We think that there's a difference between spiritual and practical but there isn't. Practical things can sometimes be the most spiritual things. Fix your thoughts on spiritual things. And, and, and Paul tells us in Philippians 4, he says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts. Fasten your thoughts Focus your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true. And that's God's truth, not what society says is true, not what the people around you says is true, but God's truth. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, what God says is honorable and right. Again, what God says, what's right in God's sight and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Direct your thoughts to these things. Direct your thoughts. He says, keep putting into practice. In other words, don't quit. Keep at it. Paul says, keep putting it into practice. Why does he tell us to keep putting it into practice? Because it's hard to focus on something over time. We struggle with keep. You know, we do okay, you know, thinking these thoughts for a while, thinking God's thoughts. Okay, oh man, that was a real struggle. That was 10 minutes. And then we go back to doing whatever we were doing before. Keep focusing keep putting into and, and and keep putting into practice keep at it keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me 
everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then, when you learn to do this, when, when, when we begin to do this, when we begin to direct our thoughts this way, when we begin to think like this and begin to be transformed in our thinking this, then the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. These, these aren't just some nice fluffy thoughts we think in our head with our, with, think with our head in the clouds. This passage right here is a battle plan for the mind, guiding us as we navigate the minefield to avoid stepping on the mines. It's our battlefield. Battlefields aren't easy, are they? They're a challenge. But as we listen closely to the one who's directing us, He'll direct us through the minefield. Step right here. Step over this way. Step back here. Step here. Step that way. Anybody ever watch MASH? Remember the episode where I forget which one of the guys was like there was a kid out in the minefield, a child out in the minefield. And somebody ran out. I forget who it was. Josh, do you remember? Trapper. Tra Trapper. I might have been Trapper, yeah. Was like ran out there to get the kid, and all of a sudden he realizes he's in a minefield and he freezes. And somebody goes and gets a map of the minefield and says, okay, now step this way and step that way and guiding him through it till all of a sudden they realize that the map they were looking at was an old World War II instead of from the Korean War. It was an old World War II map, and it wasn't for that minefield, apparently, or something. And I think they got a helicopter and, and got the kid out, I, I think. But we... What was that? Yeah. <laughs> so we can trust God's voice to help us to navigate through that minefield. But we've got to pay attention to what he's saying and guide our thoughts to what he is saying and not listen to the enemy. The enemy is going to come along and he's going to say, hey, that looks like a really good spot to put your foot. Boy, you'd be safe there. Put your foot there. Boom! Because that's what he wants to do. But the Bible says that God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and placed us in the kingdom of his beloved son. God's plan is to give us life. Doesn't mean all our problems are going to go away. Doesn't mean all our struggles are going to go away. But he said, I've come to give you life and to give you life to the full. This is my plan. I created you. I designed you. I know what is going to lead to, to, to uh, 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 the best thing for you. Yes, life is full of problems. Yes, life is full of struggles. Yes, there's things that happen that we don't understand. But we need to let our minds, our thoughts be directed by what God is saying and not what the enemy is, say, is saying.
let's bring this all down to where we live right here and right now. Let's take this from hearing to doing. Last week, I challenged everyone to seek and ask God for one word to be your focus for 2019. Okay? Hopefully, you've done that. If you haven't, it's not too late. Just, you know, ask God, what, what, is, what is that one word focus to be for the year? Let Him give it to you. And several of you asked me after service, what's your one word for the year? What is your one word? For? And I had to say, I'm not sure yet. I didn't want to just pick a word. I wanted to hear a word from God. And I had several that were rolling around in my mind, and I had narrowed it down quite a bit, what my focus was, the word that was going to determine my focus for the year. And, um, but I hadn't received it yet, and uh, I did yesterday. Yesterday I received it, and it was a word that, you know, I, as I look back on it, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, I've been using this word for the last couple of months, like all the time. You know, I've been saying statements with this. I've been saying it all the time, and it's, uh, yes, of course that's one. I just got a thick skull, so it, you know, took God a little bit longer to get it through to me, and the word's new. The word is new, and I believe that that is a word for me personally, and I believe that that is a word for the church as well. New. Today, I'm going to ask you to ask God for not just one word, hang on to the one word and make that your focus, but also ask him for one thought. One thought that can change your life more than you can imagine. One thought that you're going to be able to focus on and visit this year. And when you get that one thought, write it down in your outline. Save your outline with the word. Save your outline with the thought. Write it down and keep it in front of you and think on it again and again. And then write a verse or a verse of Scripture that declares the truth of that one thought. And keep repeating it until you own it, until it's yours. Not just a thought in your head, but a thought in your heart. I mean, you know, uh, until your mind is renewed until it changes the words that you speak and the way that you live and the things that you believe. And it could be something like, I'm never alone, God is always with me. It could be something like, you know, no matter what happens, God is in control. It could be something like, you know, because of Christ, I am enough. It could be uh, 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 less of me and more of Him. Or it's not about me. Or it could be, I'm in this for the long haul. could be any number of things. Let God speak it to you. My one thought, my word is new, and my one thought for this year, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. And I've been saying that. I've been saying it's a new day. It's a new beginning. I have been saying that for the last two months. It's something I feel in my spirit. It's no wonder that would be my one thought. I feel that's for me and I feel that's for the church. It means I don't have to live in yesterday. And neither do you. You don't have to live in yesterday. This is a new day, and this new day is filled with hope. 
and it's filled with promises, and it's filled with expectations, expectations that we are going to see God move, and He is going to surprise us this year. It is a new day, a day of hope, a day of promises, and a day of expectation. The events of yesterday do not define today. Jesus said, look, I'm making everything new. So ask the Lord, what's that one thought that can change your life? Chances are, it's something that he's already been speaking to you. You may not always see how incorporating one thought into your life can make that big of a difference. But remember, the thing we're seeing in this series is it's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. God transforms our minds by changing the way we think. I'll give you one final scripture, and this is just something that I, you know, may this be the prayer on each one of our hearts. Psalm 104, 34, may all my thoughts be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. May all my thoughts be pleasing to him. If it's not, you find one rolling around your head that's not, and you say, well, I, don't, I really don't think this thought pleases God. Capture it and demolish it, and then replace it with God's thought. Let's have our worship team come up. While they're coming, I want you to think about um, where you are with Jesus. Is he someone that you've surrendered your life to? I don't mean just one part of your life. I mean every part of your life. Doesn't mean that you have it all figured out. Doesn't mean that you have, uh, um, um, you know, that everything's going according to the way he would like in your life. But have you taken the step of saying, Lord, I'm giving you my life. I'm surrendering my life to you. And then inviting him to work in every area of your life. Have you done that? Or is just kind of like, yeah, I kind of like Jesus. Cool dude. Helps me sometimes. I keep him over here for when I need him. Or is your life all about him? I want to invite you this morning to make a decision. To make a decision to make your life all about him. To surrender to him. And to let him begin to place his thoughts in your mind and direct your life through his thoughts, which, by the way, are contained in this book. I want everybody to close your eyes for a moment. I don't want anybody looking around. If you're here this morning and you're saying, you know, you've never, maybe you've never said it before, or maybe you've said it and you've kind of 
taken back control. But if you're here this morning and you're ready to say, Lord, I surrender everything to you. I'm surrendering my life to you. I don't know how it's all going to work out, how it's all going to, you know, be fleshed out in my life, but you tell me and I'll follow. If you're willing to say, I want your forgiveness, Lord, and it's, I know it's based on your terms, repentance, that I'm going to begin to change the things I do. In order to do that, Lord, I need you to begin to change my mind, my thoughts. Actually, the word repentance means to turn around, to change our thoughts, change our thoughts and our actions and start walking another way. If you're here this morning and you want to do that, I'm not going to ask you to come up front or do anything like that. It's between you and God, but I am going to ask that as a step of faith, you would just put up your hand right where you are. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. You can put them down. I want to invite you to pray with me right now. And I invite everybody to join in as well. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I recognize you as Lord. I surrender my life to you. I want to live for you. I want to live like you. I want to love like you. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to believe your word. So I invite you into my life. Cleanse me. Cleanse me of my sin. Cleanse me of my wrong thoughts. And replace them with your thoughts. Transform my life by changing the way that I think. And give me the grace to obey. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I want everything that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's a start. That's a starting point. Next, begin to tune into him. Begin to listen to him. As you read through his word, maybe you don't know where to start. There are some ideas, some suggested plans on a piece of paper that we handed out a couple of weeks ago. It's on the wall out here um, that, that are on the YouVersion app. If you need help with that, you know, finding that or whatever, let me know. We'll get you set up. We'll get you uh, with that. One of the plans I love is, is um, broken crayon still color. Somebody, somebody, you know, turned me on to that plan a little while ago. Broken crayon, still color. And, and that's listed on there. And Anyway, um, get into his word. Begin to spend some time every day just checking in with Jesus and talking to him and say, hey, what do you have for today? What do I need for today? What, what do you want me to do today? And, and tell him what you're going through. And, 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 you know, how do you want me to think today? What thoughts do you want? Do you want me to replace with your thoughts and so forth? And stay in fellowship with 
connected to other believers who will encourage you that are walking the journey with you. You know, we're all at a different place on the journey, and yet nobody's ahead of anybody else. Everybody is side, to, side by side because we're all walking this together. None of us have it figured out, but we're working it out together. Okay, we're going to 